Hey everyone, welcome back to the Enduring Churches podcast. I'm Trent Young. I'm here with my good friend, Alan Small, and we are here to help you to endure um, in ministry and uh, serving as a staff member or ch- a pastor. We want you to endure. We want you to last in this calling that God has placed on your life. And so, Alan, today, how are we going to do that? Well, today we want to kind of take the negative to give you the positive, and we want to talk today about some uh, some pastors that aren't going to last, that are really going to struggle to last along the way, because I think all of us probably relate to these somehow, and for most of us, we've learned to deal with, overcome those, watch for those in us, um, but we encounter from time to time pastors who have not outgrown these, or pastors who come into ministry with one of these, and and then they leave ministry because of it. So we're going to talk today about six types of pastors that are going to find it really hard to endure. Oh yeah, this is going to be good. And and you know we're we're usually pretty upbeat and positive, but yeah, we do sometimes have to show you the negative so we can get you around to the positive. And we want to do that. And so I know the first one, and Alan put together our notes for today. And, and just before we start this, I got to say one thing I really like about our podcast, and I hope that you appreciate, is that we try to be organized and we try to actually take you somewhere. A lot of podcasts that I listen to, they don't, they just kind of ramble around and stuff. And, and not to brag, but I, I feel good that we try to take you somewhere. And we also include notes on our um, site so that you can um, not only listen, but you can load the notes that we put together. So the very first type of pastor that Alan has in our list today is the know-it-all pastor. So Alan, tell me about what you're thinking as a know-it-all pastor. You know, I think we've all encountered that person who seems to think that they are the expert on every subject as soon as they walk into a room. And, you know, sadly, one of the probably the most common type of pastor that I've met that really breaks my heart is that person that comes in and they think they already know the answers to everything. They've already determined what they're going to do before they even know a situation. Um, no one else can do nearly as good at anything as they can do because they already know everything about everything. And, you know, I see those guys, uh, I feel for people who have to work with those guys. And I know, but for the grace of God, go I. So anyway. Yeah, you know, as you you think about this guy, and and one of the things I found, Alan, and I think you may, you can tell me if you think this is true as well, but I think that a lot of people that are very insecure come across this way because they feel insecure and they try to cover it up. By, by sharing that they know everything. And I think a lot of times if we just let people know, hey, I really don't know about that. I think they, that they will um, appreciate that more. Yeah. Yeah, I think it, it comes from one of two places. I think sometimes it comes from that really unhealthy um, self-esteem where, you know, you are, you're, you're very insecure. So you cover that, you know, I think I've heard people kind of maybe refer to that, you know, as the Napoleon type syndrome, you know, where you don't feel very big. So you try to make yourself appear bigger, bigger than you are. And I think that there's also that other side, too, that someone who truly thinks that they are the expert on everything. Um, Mm -hmm. And that might lead us more to the second one. But 
you know, it's really dangerous to think that you know everything. One of the best things you can ever learn to say in ministry is, what do you think? <laughs> it's great yeah. leadership 101. Absolutely. Uh, Alan and I, we, we like the John Maxwell stuff and so many other great leadership guys. And, and one of the big things that they talk about is being able to ask good questions and, and to be able to listen to others. And and I think that, you know, the kind of the opposite side of that is is being a pastor is willing to ask good questions and listen instead of just coming and got to say, hey, I know everything. And we don't. There's a lot of good folks around us that know a lot, and we should tap into that. Yeah, I'll give you a good example that almost all of us pastors have, have experienced. That first time uh, you try to, to uh, pastor and preach on parenting when you don't have kids. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't, people are like, what, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's see how you do when you have kids, and it, it, it really does ch change everything, because uh, a lot of things I tried to talk about, I didn't know anything about, and it, it did change when I had my own kids. So, yeah, the know-it-all pastor, uh, if, that, if that's you today, um, repent, we're going to try to help you before we're done. <laughs> Don't be that person. Do not, do not be that pastor. Here's a second. Here's a second one, Trent. It's closely related, yeah. but it's a little bit different. It's that self-centered pastor. I like me mm. some me. Yeah. <laughs> me, myself, and I, we're the best of friends and everybody has the right to hear our opinion. Uh, yeah, this, this is a, I think this is a good one. So tell me about what you think about a self-centered pastor. What makes up that person? Well, I think everything has, their name has to come out with everything. You know, every, every mm -hmm. idea is theirs. Um, everything has to point back to them. You know, they're the one who wants to write a book, but not, not because they have something important to say, but because they want to have a book to their name. You know, they're the ones that have to remind you what, what degrees you, they have and, and all of that. They want everyone to, to, when they speak, speak, speak their name. Their name wants to be on the, on the tip of everybody's tongue. And, you know, we'd be, we'd be lying if we hadn't said, said we meet those, have met those people in ministry because they're, they're certainly there. People who are out to make a name um, for themselves and seem to care more about their name than they do God's kingdom and the work that, that they have to do. Yeah. And it's a, it's a slippery slope. I got to tell you, Alan, you know, I, there are times when I see somebody who's, you know, got that book or got their name on a uh, speaker list. And I'm like, I'm, I'm jealous, you know, and that, that green eyed monster of jealousy wants to rear up in me. And, and, and so I have to be really careful of this, uh, that I'm not self-centered and that I um, really point to other people. And working as a director of missions now, working with a network of pastors, um, I, I have to make sure that I point to the other pastors in our association. And it's, it's a change for me, but I, I, this is important area. And I think this is important that we don't let ourselves get to that point of being the self-centered pastor. Yeah, Trent, I love what you said because you said, you know, I need to point to other people. And, and the way you know if this is a problem is, do you ever share the spotlight? Uh, do you let other people put themselves on the spotlight? Or, or every time a publication comes out or, or an email comes out or something, do you have to have your name attached to it? You know, and if you do, there's this tendency in there for you, for you to want to make it about yourself, you know, and 
And we need to remember that when we sing how great thou art, it's not because we're looking at the mirror at ourselves, but because we're singing about a great God. Yes, I love that. Good word. And so that leads us to the next one, our third one. Which first of all, we talked about the know-it-all pastor, then the self-centered pastor. But there's also um, some guys that are the lazy pastor. Um, and this is this one I, I, frustrates me. I can't. I can't do this, but um, when you think of a lazy pastor, Alan, kind of give me your thoughts about that. Well, I mean, they're just, you know, they'll, they'll do just enough to get by, you know, and I'm not talking about someone who's just totally not doing their job, but I'm just talking about someone who's there just doing enough to get by. And there's two times we're more vulnerable to that. I think that's in our first church. And the second time I think is in our last church. I, I think yeah. those are the two times that we're the most vulnerable um, to becoming that becoming that pastor. Um, but we just stopped doing the little things that made us really good at what we do. We stopped. We really kind of stopped the shepherding part, and we stopped caring for people. And we 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 find that we spend less time in sermon preparation that we used to do. And you know, we don't. We just don't keep up with stuff anymore. All those kinds of things. But you know, I, you're not going to last. It, yeah. Yeah, Trent, the reason it frustrates you is because you can't be a lazy pastor and get by with it very long. You'll be exposed. Oh, yeah. You're right. And and people in your church will see through that, and they'll be like, now, wait a minute. He's preaching at us to go do stuff, but we don't ever see him doing anything. And uh, you, you miss the opportunity to be that, that um, model, that lead-by-example guy you know, or a servant leader. So yeah, the lazy pastor, that's frustrating. And so we want to encourage you in the calling that God has placed you in to do it with all of your heart. Give every bit of energy that you have to it. And people will come alongside you, I think, and, and just join you in that. And they'll be excited to serve with you. So Alan, the, the next one is the emotionally unintelligent pastor. That's a lot of letters, man. <laughs> That, that is, that's like our longest one. It's like twice as long as any others. Uh, yeah. But yeah. And we could have put emotionally unintelligent and relationally unintelligent pastor um, there because it, there are two people, there, there are two sets of people you need to know well. You need to know yourself and you need to know how to understand and work with other people who are different from you. And so, you know, both of those things are, are very important. If you can't control yourself, and you can't control all that goes on. And we all struggle with that at some point in time. Uh, you know, I, I've talked to great pastors who are very emotionally um, in control, but they've had out of control moments. But we're talking about if you mm -hmm. cannot manage your life, if you cannot most of the time be know, know what you're thinking and why you're thinking that. And then if you don't know how to relate to other people. You know, you're, you're going you're gonna to suffer in ministry. And sadly, I have seen... I have seen so many pastors um, who go into ministry and, and they can't talk to anybody. They can't carry on a civil conversation and they can't ever say anything positive about anyone else. And I'm like, you know, you wonder why you're struggling and yet you never have anything good to say about anyone. Why would they want to talk to you? Yeah, you're right, Alan. Yeah, that if you're if you're not encouraging them, you're absolutely right. Why would they want to talk to you? Yeah, so I mean, what, when you think about someone who's emotionally unintelligent, you know, Trent, what would you say to someone who 
who maybe doesn't see themselves first of all because that's kind of that that first thing you got to kind of know yourself i mean you know how did you get to know yourself as a pastor well and, and you know it it becomes a fine line i think be, between knowing yourself and then knowing being the self-centered pastor or the know-it-all pastor but you're you do have to understand how god has made you and maybe that comes with some some years of service and ministry you kind of understand that better um young young guys just coming into ministry i think will struggle with that um and so but you know the emotionally un, emotional intelligence really not only do you know yourself but you also have to be able to read people around you and and know what their needs are and so when you're able to have some security in yourself and i think that comes from our relationship to god knowing hey i i belong to god i don't I, i'm performing for an audience of one then i can um, then more adequately serve other people that's that's kind of what comes to my yeah. mind Alan. yeah and you know i know over the years you've done plenty of things where you've learned about yourself and you've taken mm -hmm. the opportunity to learn those things your wife forced you to on a lot of them, but yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but it's important. It's important for us to take the tools and use the tools that we have available to us, you know, um, uh, to, to learn, to learn about ourselves. And, you know, we both shared our calls to ministry and, and part of that call to ministry we both faced was really becoming emotionally intelligent enough to see ourselves as God sees us. And, that God could actually use us and wanted to use us in that way. And, and then, yeah, again, if you don't know yourself, you're not going to know others. I, I love it when people who don't understand themselves at all start telling me about other people. It's like, really, just stop. Just stop. You don't even know yourself. Uh, but it's just, it's just how it is. But you do have to know how to read people and how to read yourself. So... Trent, that's, that's, that's four of them. Uh, the fifth one, um, and this is a problem, and it's a problem I think probably all of us at times have faced because we go through dry times, but this is an ongoing process. This is longer than just a short period of time. But that's the unspiritual pastor. Yeah, I'm glad you included this on in the list because, um, and, and this, I think that, that all of us in ministry, we can go through times in our lives where we, we are spiritually dry but you're right this is this is more a long-term thing and i think that people get into ministry sometimes thinking oh well hey this is going to be an easy job and and they first of all they don't develop their walk with god and so they're they're going to have to rely on other people's sermons to preach they're going to have to um you know they're not going to have anything in the well to give to the people that are in their church. Yeah, and, and you know what? You're also more prone to fall into a lot more traps too. If you're not mm -hmm. feeding your spirits, you're gonna get nutrients somewhere, you know, and you know, we, we can all eat healthy food all the time and eat our broccoli and our green beans and all those kinds of things. But, you know, our bodies typically, if you gave them a choice, you know, they're gonna crave the, the Twinkies. And, you know, there's a lot of things out there that look good and are, are flashy and are shiny and they're not good for us. And we know that 
But when you're not taking care of your spiritual self, you're going to put a lot of junk food in your body, and, and you're going to get your nutrients from a bad place, and, you're going to, and that's going to lead you to bad places. And so, you know, we have a spiritual obligation as pastors to be people who are led by the Spirit. And if we're, if we're not doing that, we're, we're not doing our role. Yeah, and if we, if we are not doing our role, we're going to tend to point people to ourselves or to um, other areas that are not God, too. And so we're called to point people toward the Lord for, for their um, source of everything. And so it's really important. Um, and I, I would say that if you're in, in that area, if you are unspiritual, if you're not seeking after the Lord, then all these other things we mentioned prior to that are going to start showing up. And so um, the last one on the list, I think, is something that you can change fairly easily and it will bless you big time, is if you're the isolated pastor, you're going to be hurting. Um, you just can't do this all by yourself. No, and you know, Trent, you and I talk often to pastors about don't hesitate to make relationships in your church. Those are mm -hmm. important. But we've also tried to emphasize over the time that we've done this podcast that it is equally important for you to find relationships outside your church with people who understand your role and what you're doing. Now, in our denomination, there's people like us who are um, work with an association or network of churches. Um, other denominations have similar type things. Um, but then there's denominations who basically say, we don't need anyone else. Well, you, you know you do. <laughs> you, need, you need other pastors. You need these relationships with, with, with other people. And do not, do not, do not, do not allow yourself to be isolated as a pastor. Because if you're isolated, you're alone. And when you're alone, you're vulnerable. And you're vulnerable to all kinds of things, whether that be moral and immoral or issues of morality and immorality um whether that's loneliness and depression um whether it's just giving in to your anger but when you're alone you are vulnerable do not find yourself alone not long ago we did an episode of, about the lone ranger in ministry and I, for me that's actually one of the most powerful um episodes i think we've ever done because it's so true you cannot do this alone you're right. And that's the, the biggest tool of Satan, I think, is he tries to force us to uh, be alone. Um, and it's crazy when people are, are struggling, they, they tend to you know, move away from church. And, and pastors can do the same thing when they're struggling. They move away from their support. Um, and when, when you're going through hard times, you need other pastors, other people in ministry who do, like Alan said, that they understand what you're dealing with on a daily basis, that you need those folks to come alongside you and to help you um, and just encourage you to say, hey, you're not alone. Yeah, that's just that's just so important. You know, and I'm grateful. You know, I'm so glad I know I can pick up the phone and call you call you anytime. And and I'm grateful for those people that that are in our lives that we know we can call and we can reach out mm -hmm. to. Because if we wouldn't make it by ourselves, there's no way we would still be in ministry today um, if we tried to do this all on our own, in our own power, without, without other people. I know there have been times you and I have both been on the edge, and, you know, yeah. and we've, we've, needed, we've needed that lifeline um, that we were able to provide one another. 
uh, I'm certainly grateful for that. And, you know, that's one of the reasons, too. We're here for you. If you don't know who else to reach out to, reach out to us. Um, yes. We'd love to, we would love to help you, and maybe we can even help you connect with someone near you. Yeah. Well, and I wanted to include in this, Alan, and this, this one specifically, that um, if you're married and in ministry, you've got to include your, your, your wife in, in the things that you deal with. Um, sometimes we were like, well, you know, I can't really share with that with her or I can't, you know, I, I can't let her help me with these things. And you're missing out on your helpmate, the one that God has created to help you in the ministry that you have. And so um, please don't isolate yourself from your spouse in your ministry. Yeah, that's a great word. I appreciate that. So that's that's six pastors we don't think are, are built to endure. The know-it-all pastor, the self-centered pastor, the lazy pastor, the emotionally unintelligent pastor, the unspiritual pastor, and the isolated pastor. But we don't want to stop there. We want to just kind of wrap up with some corrective actions. If you feel yourself drifting into one of these areas, um, there's a few things we just want you to think about. And these try to cover several of these. Um, but Trent, the first thing is to be teachable. Mm. I'm glad that's on the list. Um, and, you know, you said earlier, Alan, that one of the times when we feel like we're, we get lazy or, or whatever is toward the end of our ministry. And so I want to say to you, it doesn't matter. Alan and I are pretty old, you know, and but we are continuing. Alan's old. I'm not. I'm still young. That's right. <laughs> but... Um, you know, continue to learn and go to those seminars. Um, I went to a meeting yesterday where I learned some new things and it was great. I enjoyed it. Keeps your mind flexible and continues to give, give you something that you can pass on to others in your ministry. So be teachable. That will help you tremendously. The next one, Alan, is to know yourself. I know that you mentioned this a little bit earlier, but um, expound on that a little bit. Yeah, just... You know, we, we spend a lot of time studying. We spend a lot of time getting to know things, but it is important to take some time every now and then just to get to know yourself. What makes you tick? You know, I know some people have problems with the Enneagram. The Enneagram was great for me. There's personality tests. There's, there's all kinds of things out there um, to help you get to know yourself better. But one of the best things you can always do is, you know, ask someone else, well, what do you see as my strength? You know? Mm -hmm. Now, I need you to be honest with it. What are some areas that you see I, that I can improve on, you know, and, and to, so you can know your weaknesses? Now, you know, no one is ever going to ask me to keep their books for them, you know, as <laughs> I, can do the, I, I can do the math. I just can't do the organization. No one's going to ask me to. I, I could do them, but I know myself well enough to know that that's just too many details for me. And so I don't even try. I don't try to be the bookkeeper. I can look at them. I can evaluate them, but don't ask me to be the, the main guy there because I know who I am. And that's just not something mm -hmm. that I'm strong at. Some other people are. Praise God for them. But know, know yourself. Well, the next one yeah. is you've got to work, work hard. This is a big deal to you. Mm -hmm. It is a big deal. I, that was part of the way I was raised too, but you know, it's an important job that you have and it's worth your time and effort. So put, put all your effort into it. Um, show people that it's important. Show everyone. I mean, we're in the people business, right, Alan? 
we're pointing them toward the Lord. And so put some effort into it and take some time, go be with those folks in, um, in, you know, in the hospital, if you can, I know with COVID sometimes that's not possible, but um, you know, put some work and time into this deal. Yeah. So the next one is to love your family and your flock. You know, you, you need to be someone who cares. You mentioned earlier the importance of your, of your spouse and in, in a family. You got you to gotta take care of those, that key relationship. Uh, but you're also going to struggle to minister to a group of people you don't allow yourself to fall in love with. And again, we got some bad advice, I think, at times in seminary when we were encouraged not to get too close to our church folks. Um, and there, that, that, that is not what I'm hearing coming from many of our seminaries today. So I'm grateful for that. But you can't love people you don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we are called to love them. That's what the scripture says that that people we will know that we belong to Jesus by the way that we love one another. And love is a verb, right? That's been, been in the song a long time ago. Uh, but yeah, we're supposed to um, put some action, put some feet to the, the caring that we have for each other. The next one um, on the list is to remember you're on a spiritual journey. And, and Alan has been a, a coach, a track coach, and a, and a long distance running coach. And so he understands that this is a journey. This is not a sprint. Yeah. You, you can't expect, you can't expect to, uh, to encourage people to be on a journey if you're not willing to go on your own journey. You know, I, I always loved, um, you know, I've been through three knee surgeries. I can't run like I used to run, but the kids on my team on days that I would work out with them and I would go for a run with them, I always recognize that they work harder on those days, you know, and the reason they do is because they saw, man, coaches out there working on this. I can work on this too. And um, I think those, those things are important. You know, you need to remember that you're asking people to follow on a journey with Christ. What's your journey looking like? How are you taking that journey? And if they don't see that journey in you, there's not a whole lot of reason for them to take it. So remember that you have this journey going as well. You know, the last one, Trent, I know this has just been so huge. I think you're excellent in this, but that's to build relationships and accountability with other pastors. I'm glad you put this on the list, Alan. Um, relationships are, that's what we're all about in ministry. Um, and if you try to do ministry without building relationships, Alan mentioned um, that sometimes we were told in seminary not to get too close to the people in our church and we miss out. And we miss out on some great friendships, but also with other pastors, that's that, that isolated pastor. Um, we struggle, but when we have relationships with other people in ministry and accountability, I'm glad that Alan put that in our list. It's accountability is a big deal. Um, do those people have the right to come into your life and say, Hey dude, you're going off the rails here. Um, what's going on? Um, and how can I help you get back on the rails? Um, so relationships ought to lead to accountability. Yeah, it's a great it's a great word to end us on too, because that's really what this is about. You know, do you have someone who loves you enough to tell you stop being a know it all, <laughs> mm-hmm. or or that why are you being so selfish here? You know, open open your hands up, give it give it back. You know, or you know, you need someone who can speak into your life in these areas, and that's that's. That's so important. And again, we're here to do that. 
uh, with you. If you don't have anyone else to call on, you know, call call Trent, call Alan. If it's in the middle of the night, call Trent. Um, if, uh, no, I'm kidding. But but uh, reach out to him. <laughs> Trent's taking all the night calls right now. Um, no. You, you, if you need us at night, you reach out to us. We, we, we are here to help pastors, and we want to see you endure. We want your ministry to endure, and we want your church to thrive. And if there's any way we can reach out to help you, you can catch us at Alan at EnduringChurches.Consulting or Trent at EnduringChurches.Consulting. Um, if you would, also, we'd love to get some comments from you, you know, or, or ask you to share this, too, with someone else if it's helped you. So there's a lot of things you can do. We'd love for you to, to do those. But most of all, we want to say thank you uh, for joining us on today's episode. If you're new to our podcast, we've got well over 100 episodes you can go back and listen to. Um, so please jump back into our library. Um, we'd love to hear one that maybe you'd like to hear us go go into more detail or, or revisit. Please let us know. We'd love love to do that as well. Um, but but please continue to listen to the Enduring Churches podcast because we are here for you. Thanks for joining us today. <laughs>